When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard, Joe with... Hackmaster, Ralph Dray, Basham, MD. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Very special guest coming up. New book, The Secrets We Carried. Uh, Mary McNear. Also, we'll check out if anybody else has been killed. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that scares me. It oh. should scare people a lot. If Look, if prison guards are being murdered... And in one case, guy died of a heart attack because of a prison inmate attacking another guard. We got problems. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years. And they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
You know, when I was a kid, the monkeys were on television, and I went back about a month ago and watched the monkeys, and I just, I didn't, I couldn't find the deep-seated drama in which it was based, <laughs> but... What a goofy show. You mean when they, when they just sped them up running around the house? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, why yes. are they... That's exactly <laughs> right. What happened? That's exactly <laughs> it. But... Did they just snort some Coke? What just happened? <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> Did they just snort some Coke? Or They are rock and roll uh, stars, yeah, so that's, that's the whole weird. deal. Mary is on... Mary McNear joins us, The Secrets We Carried. How are you, Mary McNear? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Our pleasure. Now, i gotta, I got to find out, though, in a small town on a lake in northern Midwest, the northern Midwest, you, you got to be talking Minnesota because there aren't any Wisconsin, lakes in South Dakota Wisconsin. or North Dakota. I know. That's ex- it's, you're right. It's set in Minnesota. Yeah, baby. Look at you. <laughs> Where and if you've, oh, and if you've ever been to that part of the country, you know you cannot throw a stick. Without hitting a lake, well, that's, right? Yep. That's where we're based. Yeah. Are they? Are they actually oh, say they're what? Fifteen thousand two hundred seventy-one lakes. They say. Mm-hmm. Approximately. Yeah. Fifteen thousand. Approximately, right? So, so the license plate, the land of ten thousand lakes, is yes. a gross underestimate. <laughs> Typical. Um, we don't like to brag. That's all. You're just. <laughs> Now there is that. Inspired by the time she spent in a small town on a lake in the northern Midwest, Mary McNear has created a vividly described setting with Butternut Lake. Amongst a strongly realized backdrop that readers have come to adore, Mary dove unexpectedly into tragedy. Yeah. Why don't we start there? I like that. Because how did that happen? Okay. Well, you mean why did I decide to explore tragedy? Instead of why. You know, I guess... How and why? Well, I, you know, I was doing research on an earlier book um, that was also set in the fictional town of Butternut, Minnesota. And for some reason, I I was doing research on, I don't know, when when the lakes froze in that part of the country one year or when they iced out. And I stumbled across an article about um, a pickup truck that had gone through the ice Mm, with some high school students in it. And it was so heartbreakingly sad, but I just couldn't get it out of my mind because it's something you could so easily imagine happening at that age, right? Because we all know high school students are not necessarily known for their good judgment, right? So that story stayed with me over a couple books. And when I decided to write about someone who had left home and had stayed away because of their involvement in a tragedy. I just came back to that article I'd read. And so um, my main character um, left after she graduated from high school. Um, there, the, the tragedy had happened that spring, and one of the, one of the young men in the pickup truck was her boyfriend. So she stayed away for 10 years. But, you know, like so many things, she, she um, staying away was not the answer, right, because she just, she just took it with her where she went. So this is about her coming back to confront the tragedy and also the other people who, like her, were tangentially involved in the tragedy. And it's really about the fact that you often you can't move forward into the present until you confront what happened in the past. 
You can tell that Mary McNear's been here because one of the characters' names is... Olaf? Annika Bergstrom. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I of that? It's true, I know. Well, I must say, Minnesotans, and I, I know you won't disagree with this, Minnesotans are, I think, uh, I think Minnesota's probably the most attractive state in the Union. All that Scandinavian blood. I mean, those people are can be so beautiful, but I also made the character Annika Birdstrom very hard, you know, very, she's very reserved, it's very no. hard to know what she's thinking, no. so I really, I wanted to do justice, right, to the Swedes, because they're not the most forthcoming of people, right, <laughs> she's so it's really the fun to write that character. <laughs> Because I've met, I've met, and I know a lot of people like that from the northern Midwest. Oh, there are a lot of people. You know what's interesting? Well, it might not be interesting to you, but I will tell you that uh, I grew up, I was born in Long Prairie, Minnesota. It was right up in the central part of the state, up kind of toward Alexandria. But we moved to Minneapolis when I was two, and I was raised here. And I do a morning show. I've been on the same morning show for 33 years. And I will tell you, people get very mad at me because I say, I, I, I say this all the time, and it's true. Minnesota, half the people are the nicest people you'd ever want to meet, and the other half are the biggest jerks on the planet. They, I don't know. There's nobody in the middle. They're, you're either very nice or a complete jerk. I think that's just true for humanity. Well, it might be Humanity true. in true. general. It's like everywhere. Right. No. Well, I, I always heard it was the 5% rule with jerks. But but maybe no. it's higher than that. Let's go five zero. <laughs> or maybe I maybe I've just been lucky. I don't know. But um, but I guess but it turns out that Annika Birdstrom, this character, she would definitely not. She would not fall into the jerk category. Oh, she just good. is someone. She's someone with a secret. Let's just let's just put it that way. Did you capture her passive aggressive tendencies? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good question. I try to. I know it's hard to do. It's hard to do that in writing. Oh, but it was. But it was. It was really fun to write because um, it's just a part of the country that I love so you know, much. Mary. You know, and I have a confession to make here, which is that um, the place that I go every summer is actually in northwestern Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, okay. But when I started to write this series, I wanted to name the town Butternut, and Wisconsin already has a Butternut, oh, really? a town of Butternut. Oh, and I, and, yes, and I didn't want to put it in a real town because then it's too, you're too constrained, mm, yeah. you know, by by reality. So I thought I decided to set it in um, Minnesota because I, I had actually spent time in um, Ely and in the Boundary Waters. Sure. So I thought, you know, yeah. I can write. That that part of I have to say that part of uh, northern Minnesota looks a lot like northern Wisconsin. Sure, <laughs> sure, does. sure yeah, does. You know, mm-hmm. and I thought. Um, and so, what's interesting though is um, Minnesota does not have a town named Butternut, really? but they have three lakes named Butternut Lake. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's the coming. Did they just run out of names yeah. for all those lakes? Where they're like. Well, we've only used butternut twice. Why, why don't we name a third butternut? So I thought, um, but I was, I was clear to, to name a town, Butternut, Minnesota. You know how I know you're a great writer? No, I mean, I've been reading no. your stuff. Because you're in complete denial, which makes for great writers. And by that, I mean this. <laughs> Let me read this. Mary McNear 
the author of the Butternut Lake Trilogy, writes at a local donut shop where she sips Diet Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) So donuts and Diet Pepsi, huh? Okay. I know, I know, I know. It's not a good combination. (laughs) Is it? This this is what I've this is what I've sacrificed for my art. But I should tell you that I do I do not eat donuts there because I knew when I started writing my novels there I thought, you know what? The fir- it's a slippery slope, right? <laughs> like is, how yeah. could you just stop? You couldn't just stop at one donut. But what's really funny, what's really nice about writing there is I have to say it's a pretty happy place. Good. And I mean, Good. what is not like what is not to like about donuts, right? right. No, no, you're absolutely right about I that. I mean, so, you know. How much time do you spend in Hayward? So, okay, so we spend, um, ah! so when I was a child, we <laughs> we spent the whole summer there. But now, you know, now that I now that I have a job, you know, of some sorts, now that I write yes, these novels. now that you have a job. Um, it's not, we've, you know, a couple weeks every summer, not long enough, because it's just such a beautiful part of the country. Were you proud of me that I guessed it was Hayward? Uh, how, yeah, okay, how did you do that? Uh, you know, did you really just guess that? Yes, absolutely. I just guessed that because you told me it was okay, in northwest Wisconsin, and it's a beautiful. Well, you know, place we, so be. when you said so, when you said that, I was like, "That's not in my bio." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's the Hay, it's the Hayward Lakes region. Yep. Have you been to Hayward, Wisconsin? Oh, many times. Minong, Hayward. Oh all my over. God! Danbury. It's just. It's it's just as cute as a ladybug, it isn't is. it? It is. I will tell you one thing, though, Mary. <laughs> be very careful. Uh, Highway 70, which crosses over from Minnesota into uh, Wisconsin, and then you kind of yes. edge that way. Uh, a good friend of mine, Johnny Castino, who was playing for the Minnesota Twins back in the day, he and I went up to visit uh, uh, some people in Minong, which, and then we played golf at the Hayward Country Club, uh, which is a great, a wonderful uh, small town. Yes, club. no. It's a great place. But don't ever do this, Mary. I was driving a Sebring convertible at the time, Chrysler Sebring convertible. And we're driving down Highway yes. 70. We're doing about 55 miles an hour, which I believe is the uh, speed limit. And we're looking at, oh, my God, it's a fall day, and it's just so beautiful. And, oh, my God, it's going to be wonderful. As we're talking, a deer jumped over the car. <gasps> I am so Oh, happy. my God. I yeah. mean, and we had the top down. If and, that, did, and did not hit and did not nope, hit the car. Nope, went right over the top <gasps> of the car. It's like, oh, my God. That That's was a little scary. Freaky, yeah. I cannot believe what you're saying. That it's is true. incredible. It was very, very scary. But your heart must have, did your heart stop? Yes, it did, absolutely. And then you wrote a book about my heart stopping called Tom's Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but, so you live, in, you live in San Francisco uh, now? I do so. Yes, we I, we moved here 26 years ago. We were going to live here for a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that did not work out. But um, but we're actually thinking about moving back to the upper Midwest because we we every summer yeah. we go back there and we just say, why don't we live here year round? Right? Yes. No, you'll make an true. enormous profit a... on your house. Yeah, you'll make a lot of money on your house. That's for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I I would miss. I would miss the ocean, but yeah. we, um, but there, we'd have a lake, right? Yes, you'd have five thousand lakes within one mile of your. Own. See, I, lo- <laughs> I love not only talk about a book, but I like to talk to the author and about the author because, like I said, you can just tell 
that your heart's really in it. You love writing, and you love writing about places that you adore as well. That makes for good writing. When your heart's really in it, when your soul's in it, it makes for really good books. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I have to say, I do. This is the la- This is the sixth and last novel in oh, the Butternut okay. Lake series, and okay. I'm, I'm already homesick for it. I feel like I've. I feel like I've. You know, it's like when you move, uh, when you leave your hometown and you move away and you leave your friends behind. I'm already missing them, so I cannot promise that I will not come back to no. Butternut Lake. No, what are you going to do? So. You get there now, and uh, famous Dave's burned to the ground, so you can't go to the rib shack and hide Hayward anymore. <laughs> See, Mary, I know all about that place. I'm telling you. You too. I know. I'm beginning to, you must have a second home in Hayward, Wisconsin. Well, famous Dave is so, a good friend of ours, so that's good. Yes. Famous Dave's a great guy. Really nice man. Oh, my so I um so I'm going to start a new series in a oh, new good. town, but it's it's going to be it's still going to be set in the Upper Midwest. Write what you know, right? Write what you know um, exactly. So I know apparently that is that's all that I know. So um, but I yeah, but I'm looking forward to just making you know making new friends. But it yes. will still be they will still be novels designed for just escapist enjoyment. Well, you nice. know, I will tell and you, and I, I try to find an emotional realism in them, but right. I mean, try, rest assured that, um, that they have a happy ending. Well, I will <laughs> so tell you this. Not, well, we all need they're not more completely realistic. We do indeed. I so. know. Just a little tip for you. Half the people in Siren and Webster, Wisconsin are nuts. So it'd be a great, <laughs> be a great place to write about. <laughs> Lots of characters. <laughs> all right, Mary, you're... I've just, I've dripped, I've, Okay, I've driven through Siren, but apparently now I have to go back and spend more time there. Is that what you're saying? At the poorhouse. The bar is called the poorhouse. <laughs> and you need to go in there. It's called the poorhouse. I'm not kidding you. Mary, you're a joy to oh talk to. Oh, my God. I can just tell you. Thank you so writer. much. I've, it's oh. been so much fun. It is. Thank you bad. for having me on your show. Well, come back soon. I, you know, the last of the series in Butternut Lake, but now... The siren is calling, or the call of the siren, or, or something. Those are tornado the sirens. Poor, the tornado siren, the yes. Po- the poorhouse will be the backdrop the for the po- next novel I love in it. the series. I love it, Mary. When you when you come Thank through, you. come through town, come in and you know, come in studio and talk with us. That'd be wonderful. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mary. All right. Take care. You too. Mary McNair, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called The Secrets We Carried. Yeah, anybody that's that honest, you can tell they're a great writer. Mm -hmm. I sit in a donut shop and drink Diet Pepsi and write my books. (laughs) (laughs) She says she tries to resist the donuts. And tries to resist the donuts. It's true. I loved Mary McNair. Again, the book is called The Secrets We Carried. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of 92.5 pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I started in March and in just over five months I learned about clean eating and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. I'm now on the reset phase and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner It's on Monday, September 17th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. 
Nutrimost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. I guarantee you that. Register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on September 17th. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. I love it. It all works out in the end. Ladies and gentlemen, Facebook in the news a couple of different times. The people who founded Instagram, which of course Facebook bought, have now left the company and they're going, oh, it was such a great time, except they don't agree with one thing that Zuckerberg does. So other than that, it was good. I'm sure they got a lot of cash. And ex-Facebook content moderator claims disturbing images gave her PTSD <laughs> and she has sued the company. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a moderator. So they're the ones that look for yes. offensive material? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure you see a lot of horrible things. I couldn't do that job. No. There's no, no way. All way. the horrible things that she saw. I don't understand why oh. there isn't there just an algorithm you can just load, you know, words and images and it's like this just isn't allowed and it just kicks it out before anybody has to look at it? You can, but they tend to be not super reliable because, you really? know, a robot doesn't know context. Well, that's basically true. Uh, Pretty much anything can be non-offensive in certain contexts. Uh oh. <laughs> Joe says, I call BS. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, PTSD. I don't PTSD. Know about that. It's a little, yeah, it's a little bit. I do know that if you, um, orange. if you work for the FBI in their um, like Vice child porn busting yeah. division, you're only allowed to work there for so long because oh, yeah. yep. after a certain amount of yep. time, they kind of break. Yeah, that makes sense. But seeing mean things on Twitter, no, I don't know about that. No, I'm sure there's a lot of really creepy stuff that we don't even... I mean, unless you're looking for that stuff, you're not going to find it. Because I'm sure there's possible. a lot of creepy stuff. Well, then, but, uh, I see why do you keep looking at it. So you're going to push yourself into PTSD by continuing looking at creepy stuff at, uh, at Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Yeah, if you can't handle it, it don't no take sense. the job. Yeah. I have a question for you guys, and I don't mean this that you know, I'm not singling the guy out or whatever. Sure. Like a lot of people do. Michael Moore's new movie is a complete stiff, apparently. No What's one, his new movie? No Fahrenheit. one's cared. 
Yeah. No one's cared about him in like 15 years. So. Fahrenheit 11.9. It's apparently a, uh, a Donald line. Trump movie. Oh. I think that's what it is. But he looks terrible. What well, happened? To yeah, him? he weighs like 450 pounds. Well, he does weigh a lot, but it's not only that. He looks like he's sick as hell. He's sweaty all the time. Well, his <laughs> organs are probably well, failing from being so fat well, for so that, long. Well, you might be right about it that. It takes just... a huge toll on your liver, <laughs> yeah. on your digestive system. Well, actually, oh. he's, he's lost a okay amount of weight he has yeah not in this picture well maybe he goes up and down well we do people do that's true but yeah he just looks the look in his eye he does not look healthy at all so you might be right about that it might be time to hit the neutrimos michael call me neutrimos he might he might be going down uh against his will you know one of those sort of things oh you're right he did gain the weight back he gained it back um yes he i mean how old is he Got to be Scotties. 60, isn't he? Yeah, at least. Probably. I don't know how old Michael Moore is. 64. 64. So there you go. Yeah, he can't be that heavy and be 64. Well, and he's Not also good. a yeah. very negative person. He is. No. You know? And that kind of thing also. Yeah. Just constantly. Look, I can't be looking at the world as you know, the most horrible place, and I'm the only one that can reveal how horrible yeah. it is. Am I the only one seeing this? Yes. Oh, is that what it is? is am I yeah. the only one seeing this? Probably. I, I think so. I would... Yeah, I suppose. I think that would be a good guess. I, I This is something that Cassie brought up. I just cannot <laughs> believe it. This Karl Marx, one of the greatest frauds in the history of the world, and everybody, oh, what a brilliant writer. Well, I bet it, <laughs> what? Well, yesterday I picked my son up from school. He's 14 years old. And uh, Jackson, he goes, you know what, Mom? You know what's ironic? And I said, what's that, honey? He goes... Did you know that if you want to go visit Karl Marx's grave, you have to pay six dollars? Hooray for communism! <laughs> I know. Exactly. And, and he's like, I'm like, where did that come from? And he's like, well, I saw this art because he's he loves to search stuff on the internet. Yeah. Um, he's a lot like Andy. He loves information, and right, right. <laughs> so then he sends me this link to this article, and they're they were saying that uh, people are. Uh, people who are, you know, socialists and communists are upset that they have to pay to go see Karl wow, Marx's could, grave. And uh, it's true. Yeah, so if you want to go in and read that the article, just perfect. Oh, the irony, the grave of Karl Marx, the anti-capitalist writer-philosopher best known for the Communist Manifesto, has a $6 entry fee. <laughs> Marx, despite being extremely critical of private property, purchased a plot in the privately owned Highgate Cemetery in London. Of course he did. According to a recent article in the Wall. So you shouldn't purchase anything, but I can. Shouldn't he be in an unmarked grave someplace? He's a fraud. He always has been. All of those people are frauds. Laura on the phone. Laura, you're not a fraud, are you? Um, Laura. She's probably afraid now. (laughs) When I think. I, don't, I don't know, maybe. There <laughs> oh, there she is. We couldn't find you for a second. Is this Carl Marx's Laura? <laughs> Can you hear me now? I can't hear you at all. Oh, you can't oh. hear me at all. Can you hear me talking to you now? She can't hear us. Mm. Maybe we need to you redo have to call the back. connection. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll message her. Well, I've got it, um, my earphone in on the from the website. Okay. Oh, that's going to take a long time to... There's a lot of delay there, though. From Joe, ladies and gentlemen, a great comment on that whole thing. You have to pay cash to get into a lot of side shows. (laughs) (laughs) That's cold. Uh, Yeah, are we getting Laura to call back? Yeah, Yeah, she can't hear us. I like Laura. 
Uh, Marx, despite being extremely critical of private property, purchased a plot in the privately owned Highgate Cemetery in London, according to the recent article in the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal is pretty damn liberal. I mean, it's not that's not going to be a far right smash commies deal. I know. I, I suggest that Soros buy it and give everybody free papers. Why yeah. not? Why, Soros, you should buy it. Yeah. All right. The, she's back. Oh, Laura's back. Can you hear us now, Laura? Apparently not. No. What's going on? I don't know. Hmm. She can't hear us. Well, that's too bad. I, can, I, like I cannot hear you on my phone, but I can if I put my earbud. Okay. Oh, so okay. put your earbud in. Can you hear us now? See the Laura, are you there? I can. There's going to be like a seven-second delay, yeah. so don't think I'm stupid when I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about this. Okay, no problem. Just go, go ahead and talk to us, and then we'll be quiet. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Seven, six, <laughs> one, three, two, one. <laughs> You're funny, Tom. Well, it's been a big week. Stop it. I can hear you whispering and making me crazy inside. Do I sound stupid? No, no, you don't. No. (laughs) I love this delay. Seven second delay. So it's been a real big week. So I want to congratulate you. What are you doing now, Tom? Nothing. I'm just waiting. I want to hear your, your, your beautiful voice. Oh my God! <laughs> Anyhow, so um, in case I don't, I, this is odd. Uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. I got to take my earbud out when I'm talking because okay. I, the seven-second delay is making me insane. It's your fault. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, congratulations on the Hall of Fame, and I'm ignoring you, and. The 50-year KQ, damn it, um, the 50-year KQ. So I, I was hoping that Catherine would go on the Facebook page and look at the great comments everybody's leaving. It, I mean, this most activity we've had in a long time. Really? Makes well, that's sense. nice to hear. Uh, now, what, what, which Facebook page is that? I'm guessing unofficial Tom Bernard show. Yes. You know... Hey, uh, the, the unofficial one. Okay. Well, the unofficial one. I used to mm, like both. Laura seven seconds well, uh, the ago. The KQ Morning Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Damn it. She didn't hear that. I was hoping she would hear <laughs> you're it. You're nasty. You're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> she did finally hear it. It's wonderful. It Laura. only happened to me. Laura, thank you so much. I've always loved your calls. Thank you. You've been a great supporter. <laughs> you're a wonderful person. Thank you, Laura. Oh, thank you. And everybody sitting at the table, too. Not just you. The person that's trying to drive me crazy. (laughs) Thanks, Laura. Have a good day. Bye. I love her. That's she's so wonderful. Weird. She's she's got a hell of a good personality. Why would it be why would it be like that? Well the website is always delayed like that. But why why has she called in on Skype? She, she, I don't know why she wouldn't be able to delay like that. I don't know. It sounds like her phone I, is messed was, up. I think she called in via the website or via something uh, else oh, rather really? than just you know, using the telephone. I would guess. That's what I would guess, but maybe that would work mm. better if you just dial the number. That was really great to hear from her though. I've always liked her. I am very glad she called in. Uh, back to Karl Marx. 
Uh, though visitors to Marx's grave are often surprised and upset by the fee, one 24-year-old Marxist told the Wall Street Journal, there are no depths of irony or bad taste to which capitalists won't sink if they think they can make money out of it. Uh, he bought it, you dope. <laughs> he paid for property. He was oh anti private property, and he has private property. It's not their fault. It's Tom, his fault. Stop pointing out hypocrisy. It's, it's his legacy. He chose this legacy yes, to, uh, to exactly. have a permanent ownership of some plot in yeah. a graveyard. And by the way, it is Endless. a charity. The charity responsible for the cemetery's upkeep sees oh. things a little differently. They go. say the fee helps them maintain the cemetery, which shelters not only Marx's remains, but those of a 170,000 people. Holy moly. That is a big cemetery, man. Sure is. Karl Marx, look, I'm looking at his picture right now. He's crabby because he was a homely bastard. (laughs) So, you know, Karl Marx, give me a break. But the other guy, Frederick Engels, who wrote wrote it with him, Mm -hmm. he was cremated and scattered. Scattered off of uh, Not Beach Carl. Carl's too important for yeah, that. Yeah, Carl, you've got a little bit too much in his own head. All of these people who claim, oh, yes, this is a way to live, and how everybody, not me, I'm not going to live that way, but you should. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. I love the fact your son spotted this. This is wonderful. Yeah, he, like, he likes um, history, and like, especially like World War II, um, and especially in Europe. Like, why. What what is diff? Why did they accept socialism and communism and we didn't? What's the difference? He likes to d- explore those things and. What's the difference between communism and what? Well, like how come we, uh, when you know, in America we've, you know, pulled away from all that socialism and communism that right. Europe has all because it, it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and how it doesn't work, and he tries to explore. You know, I've taught him try and figure out why people think the way they do and. You know, that way you have a better understanding, especially well, where you stand. Do you tell him good luck? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know in this day anything. Andy, do me a favor. Would you look up the stats? How many people, how many millions of people collect welfare and food stamps in the United States of America? It's some disgusting number. I know. It's really <laughs> a While I do that, number. we it's have almost Wendy one. on the phone. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> Can you hear us? No. Wow, what the Clearly hell? There's not. some type of delay. Yeah, we're going to have to Maybe get a phone to... line in here. They promised us a phone line. They're going to have to give us a phone line. Um, I've asked a hundred times. Well, they have to. They promised we'd get one. Well, we Let... have a phone right there. It doesn't work. Well, no. I understand Let that. me just try. <laughs> I understand that it doesn't work. <laughs> Let me just try um, okay, Wendy, hanging you can up hear this. the, the yeah. phone yeah, proper and then redialing in. Okay, there you go. We'll try it. It must be some type of like yeah. lag in the internet or something. It's probably, probably an yeah. update that needs to happen. But I yeah. love people call in. I love to talk to them. Wendy, I like Laura. I like all these people. I want to talk to them. Well, the reason people accepted communism is my 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 theory is that uh, if you have feudalism, you have nothing. You kill the few bourgeoisie that you have. Ooh, bourgeoisie, I like that. Then you accept communism. Yeah. But communism is just a step to capitalism. It is. No, yeah, I, I, that's 100% correct. That's very well spoken. And you've seen that in, in China, uh, where China has let uh, mm-hmm. capitalism go free. Uh, you've seen it in yep. uh, Vietnam. They've let capitalism run. Mm-hmm. So the, the form of government eventually will change to uh, support more and more freedom, more and more capitalism. Well, so there you go. There's nothing to do about it. How are we doing with the phone, Andy? I'm redialed, so Wendy, okay, Wendy, listening. Wendy, call back in. 
if you're listening because we're, we're trying to tee up the phone lines. Yeah, it's nice of all these people to call in today. Laura and Wendy and all some of my favorites. Cassie used to be one of those people. You would call in. Yeah. It's hundred percent true. Now you're here. I know. And now she's here annoying the hell out of everyone. <laughs> now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um so what is that? So what did you find out, Andy? How many uh, people in the United States collect uh, welfare and food stamps and government assistance? Uh, let's see. Somebody told me it's almost one quarter of the people who live in 21. America. 21.3%. Oh, God. It wouldn't surprise. Well, if you, if you, it's more than that, then. If you include people on uh, Medicare, all the elderly. Yeah, but they paid for it, didn't they? Yeah, but still they're collecting it. They're taking. They're coming out of the system. I mean, they're collecting yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, they mishandled that whole thing so badly. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, I can see it be 21%. 21.4% of people collect. Is that? That's government assistance. So, yeah, that probably would oh, be Medicare. Not, that well, includes Medicare, yeah. And, okay. Okay. Um, Medicare, and oh, the other is uh, yeah, Medicare. Uh-oh. Apparently, they uh, changed their mind about sentencing uh, Bill Cosby on Thursday. He has been sentenced to three to ten years in prison. Only three years? Well, he's probably going to die. Well, he's probably going to die there. <laughs> so, the problem. why bother? Well, I know, but shouldn't he get life? Whatever that is. This story just broke. Uh, well, wait a minute. This can't. Oh, that's Eastern time. It just broke uh, 25 minutes ago. Uh, Bill Cosby has been sentenced to three to 10 years in prison after being deemed a sexually violent predator. 81 years old. The fellow's going to go away to prison for the rest of his life. Bill Cosby was sentenced uh, to today to three to ten years in prison by a Pennsylvania judge who has designated the comedian a sexually violent predator. Judge Stephen O'Neill sentenced uh, Cosby in a Norristown, Pennsylvania courtroom, capping a two-day hearing attended by about a dozen women who accused Cosby of sexual assault, including the Andrea Constand, whom he... It says including the Andrea Constand. What the hell does that mean? Uh, whom he was convicted of assaulting in his suburban Philadelphia home 14 years ago. Uh, this defendant is designated a sexually violent predator, O'Neill said from the bench before announcing Cosby's sentence. O'Neill asked defense attorney Joseph Green whether Cosby wanted to make a statement before he is, uh, he is sentenced. He declined. Cosby appeared alert, cooperative, and engaged earlier Tuesday morning as he answered series of questions from prosecutor M. Stewart Ryan designed to determine whether he fully comprehended the implications and consequences of the sexually violent predator designation. Pennsylvania, oh, God, we're running way over here. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll tell you what. We'll cut that off and put it on. Then we'll do another segment that's 12 and a half minutes long, okay? Okay, that's fine. We'll be right back. Don Bernard Show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because you know they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure 
sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking. You know, I had Priority Courier Experts account rep in here about a month ago. and Who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the Twin Cities' largest, most reliable on-call courier service. What's that number? Because the next package is going with Priority Courier Experts. Already dialing 651-748-4477. Priority Courier Experts, can we help you? Can you ever. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Bill Cosby being sentenced to three to ten years in prison. Pennsylvania state law defines a person with such a designation, sexually violent predator, a mental abnormality or personality disorder that makes the person likely to engage in predatory sexually violent offenses. The consequences of such a designation are severe and lifelong. The designation also means that Cosby will be required by law to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Uh, be subject to the most stringent requirements a sex offender can incur. Yeah, I'm happy that he got sentenced, but it also makes me sad that I was kind of duped by him. Well, we all were, though. We. I mean, I just, he's an actor. Like, but when when it was announced what he was being charged with, and and all those women were coming forward, I just I had such a hard time. I mean, I didn't want to believe it. I really didn't. No, I know. Which is uh, I just, exactly I mean, saying. you know, that, it's... And that's the conundrum of the fan yep. uh, of a character versus the reality of the person. Yeah, and it pe- is. You know, when Ashley was on The Young and the Restless, they had people who would come up and speak to her as a character. Oh, yeah. Not oh, absolutely. And, Tom, you've seen this, too. I mean, yep. you, they, they, come and they think of you as that character rather than as this person. Sure. Well, you don't know anything about the person. All you know is their character. That's right. And the and the and the and many of the people, well, they're flawed. They're flawed. I mean, they're just, you know, like uh, Charlie Chaplin. You know, he he liked uh, the fourteen, fifteen year old girls. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, but he was a great entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see that Mary Kay Letourneau thing yesterday? She didn't know having sex with a student was against the law. She was thirty four. He was twelve. Yeah. Oh. You don't know that's against the law? Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the ignorance of the law. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know, really? I was only 30 or 22 years older than he is, and he's only 12, but other than that. How could this be bad? I mean, come on. Good God. I see what happened. Oh, you got it t- taken care of, Andy? Yep. Okay, so so Laura... Our cable was unplugged under the, t- or the, uh, the t- table. Okay, so you got to check that every day, apparently. If it happens again, you'll know what it is now. Yep. Okay, so Wendy and Laura, if you could call back in, that'd be great. Sorry. Wendy's... I'm, on, I'm in the queue. Oh, you're oh, in the queue. Okay. There you are. <laughs> I'm in the queue. Andy fixed it. Good. Thank you, Andy. So what's up? I've been working with Cassie, so I just wanted to call and wish you a very uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame and on KC's 50th, you know, considering you must have started when you were, what, five? Yeah, everybody, some people are asking me, you've been on the KQ Morning Show for 50 years? Just say yes. No, I have not been on the KQ Morning <laughs> Show for 50 years. But, you know, that's good. 33. 
33 is enough, I guess. Not hey, I mean, enough of it. Yeah. That's true. I did have a ball this morning. That show went by very fast today. And I went over to the station after the show, and I took some pictures with John Pete and Alan Stone. Uh, Wayne was over there. Wayne Anthony was there. George Donaldson Fisher was there. It was so nice to see those guys. Alan Stone had tried for years to talk KQRS when it was a uh, an underground station into hiring me, but they the GM just wouldn't do it. He said he doesn't fit our format. But I did tell I did tell Alan and John and George and Wayne the story. Going in, Capitol Records guy going in to see Tack Hammer, who was the third program director. It was John Pete, then Alan Stone, and then uh, and then it was Tack Hammer. I went in to see him, and he was in a bad mood. He goes, ah, oh God, radio. Radio's not what it used to be. It just is not that good anymore, and it's just getting really commercialized, and it's, oh, my God, it's just getting to be terrible. Like, I wouldn't doubt someday they don't call this place KQ92 and, like, you're the morning guy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Tack. But, no, I understood. Well, you know, the one, the one thing that I've always wanted to know is, do you think that maybe – your time at Capitol came at a point when you needed it, and do you think it made you a better morning show host? No you know, doubt about it. Better in radio after that. I learned how to do. Absolutely. I learned how to do business. I, I was a you know a disc jockey from the time I was 18 years old. You know, I did some iron work before that, and you know, off and on, and all the rest of it. And I kept getting fired. I would do different jobs, but. Uh, getting that job at Capitol Records after moving back, I was at WAPE in Jacksonville, moved back to Minneapolis, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, the Siegel brothers, Cliff and Bo Siegel, said, why don't, you, uh, why don't you get in the record business? So they got me a job in the record business. I went to Capitol Records with my second job, and I learned how to do business. I learned very well how to do that's, business, and it helped me that's immensely. That's so important. Yeah, it is. Well, and that's why you're as successful as you are, because, I mean... You know, you can be, you see it like, you know, in Hollywood, the music industry, you can be a performer all you want, but unless you know, not hire people to look at it, but unless you know the business side of what you're doing, you know, you're going to be talented, but like in a, you know, a one-room apartment somewhere. No, that's very, very true. As a matter of fact, uh, I talked to Mick Fleetwood a short time ago. We were having a conversation and he said he has filed bankruptcy three times. Because he Yikes. just he just does not know how to handle money at all. And if you handle people to, to manage your money, they will steal it from you, a la Kevin Garnett. Seventy-seven million dollars was stolen from him. He says. I mean, it's terrible. He's probably he's probably not far off. I mean, between having it stolen from him and right, you know, that amount of money is only going to take so long when you have a posse of eight thousand people that you have to pay for. That's a huge part, and I will never forget. Catherine wanted a Lincoln Navigator the first year they came out, so I went to the Lincoln dealership. How many years ago was that, honey? Twenty-five. <clears throat> Something it was like a that. few years ago. Well, Kevin Garnett came in the league. Does anybody? When did Kevin Garnett come into the league? God. Was that 25 oh, years ago? It's got to be close to that. Yeah, it's ancient history. I went into the Lincoln Navigator dealer out there in Plymouth, Minnesota, and I said, I, I'd like to lease a Navigator. And he said, oh, absolutely, it's great. So we signed it all up, all the rest of it. And uh, one of the salespeople there said, you know, you're the second uh, public figure to come in here and lease a Navigator. Well, I shouldn't say a Navigator. And I said, Really? And he goes, yeah, Kevin Garnett was just in here and leased 27 of them. 
He leased he leased a Lincoln Navigator for every one of his friends. Wow. Twenty. Not smart. Seven. I don't have friends like that. No one's ever leased me a Navigator other than you. Yeah, that, that's going to start tailing the seventy million dollars that was uh, stolen from him. Man. God. Well, it's like I'm not rich, but I'm telling you right now, and I told some of my family this. If I ever won the Powerball, like oh. the big jackpot, yeah, um, I would not be taking on any new relatives, and I'd have to take a good, hard look at the ones that I currently have. Yeah. <laughs> Call your relatives. You I'm going to start calling my relatives. Yeah. Just start digging that moat. Basically. Well, you know, and it's like I, I know it's important to know the people in your life that are with you for you mm-hmm. and not like if something comes up, what they want you to do something, and that's how your worth is based. You know what's amazing to me is our listeners and our staff and all the rest of it. I just found out something because a listener sent me a text. Uh, Oh, my God, you bought and delivered a new TV to Jack Hicks so as to keep him on staff? And then he'd say some very, very nice things. But Jack Hicks, many, many years. I love Jack Hicks. I I worked for Jack Hicks. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. Great guy. But he said, you know, he, he tried to get a TV. And they turned him down because he didn't make enough money to purchase the TV, uh, a big TV that he wanted. Radio salary. He said, I'm going to quit. I'm going to get out of radio. I can't. Jack Hicks is phenomenal at radio, by the way. He's really, really good. But apparently, according to that message, Jack was just on KQRS. On Lisa Miller's show? I think so, yeah. I think he's on with Lisa. Um, but in any I don't know who's on because Jay Philpott was in for Wally today. So I don't know, I don't know the lineup today. But apparently, oh, Wally Jack... took it as a holiday. <laughs> no, Wally was there today. Oh, I saw him. So here's the funny thing about that is, as I remember Jack ta- talking about that, you know, I I don't even remember doing it, but we, we I went and bought him a big giant TV, and the great thing is, is when he told the story, he said. And here comes Tom with this 500-pound television. He's carrying it like a pizza (laughs) into his place. And he he said, I will never forget the fact that that you went and bought me a television and delivered it to my house and set it up and everything. You set it up. I don't believe that. This is where it's from. Wally set it up. But Wally, Wally upon hearing that, said, were we drinking a lot that day? <laughs> it's like, yeah, thanks, Wally. Never. That is so sweet of, of listeners to send that message. It's incredibly sweet of, of uh, Jack Hicks to even talk about that. I think the world, it was so cool, though, because I did see him today, and he walked in, and I haven't seen Jack in many, many years oh, now. Yeah. It's been a long time. And I looked at him, and I didn't know who he was, because he looks totally, he's got a totally shaved head now, which he didn't have before. Right. But he said, you don't know who I am, do you? And I didn't, except for when he talked and went, oh, my God, it's Jack Hicks, because I recognized yeah. his voice. What a sweet thing to talk about. I mean, typical Jack Hicks to, to, well, to be nice. Tom, Tom, you're just a nice guy. I mean, there's well, a lot of people, know. you know, people on social media who think you're a hunyuk or whatever. But <laughs> I like that. Hunyuk. Nice. Hunyuk's a pretty on the <laughs> high end of that deal. Well, you know, well. I grew up out in the country, so it's like hunyuk and... <laughs> Popped up on Goof and Fall and, you know, whatever. But you guys are just, you guys are just all, like, really nice people. It's like. Well, you're wonderful. I don't know why people. Well, and, you know, the thing is, it's like I've, you know, I've met you guys numerous occasions. And you're just normal, nice people. I don't know about normal. I (laughs) I don't know if Tom's normal. Speaking of. Thanks, Kathy. Meet my family. You're, you're really normal. 
I'm you're, here. A, you're a wonderful person. You, <laughs> thank you for all your support over the yes, years. You've been you. unbelievable, Wendy. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for all your entertainment, sir. Right, my dear. We'll talk soon, I hope. You betcha. You have That's a good one. You too. Wendy calling in. Andy, you had something? Uh, speaking of being hopped up on Goofenthal, uh, Everson Griffin apparently had a psychotic break recently. He did, apparently. Didn't he attack one of his teammates and he laid on the floor of a ho- the Ivy Hotel and screamed, somebody get me a room or I'm going to kill you? He oh, said that he was going to shoot somebody even though he didn't have a gun. Then he, like, some, he went to a gas station where some trucker was filling up his truck where he claimed to know the trucker, even though he didn't actually. And he got in the truck and then had the guy drive him around for a while. Just, you know, around. Like a carjacking or just like... I don't know. That's and then he went back to the hotel and he said that he thought someone was going to shoot him. Oh, and then he voluntarily sounds... went to the hospital to be That sounds like a men- mental yeah, break I'll... right there. Let's wrap her up as so far as that's all concerned. That'll be either a whole lot of um, CTE or yeah, some sort of drug, more likely. I wouldn't doubt it's a combination. Or, yeah, both. I would not doubt at all that that's a combination. How everything. old is he? He's God, he's only, what is he, 30 maybe? Mm, that's old enough to have CTE, I think. If he's been playing for a while. He has been playing for a long, long time. So, yeah. Um, well. Um, well. You okay? What are we <laughs> I'm just yeah. looking at something that says, Joe, I'll be going back to the KQ show. Wait a minute, i got to get it on my phone because it just disappeared. I'll be going back to, the KQ, to KQ when the Tom Bernard show is over. So the show does wrap up right now. So, yeah, go back to KQ and give them a listen. It's a very special day, 50 years since it became a progressive rock station. And the people are just showing up like mad. Thank you to all the listeners to this show, that show, all of them, that radio station. You were incredibly generous and kind. And I, I seriously, it's very, very touching. Thank you so much. Have a great day.